Good morning. Oh man, it is good to be here with you all again. I'm, I'm going to look up here. I tend to wander. I just want to make sure I know exactly uh, where to go. Uh, I have been here many times over the past few years. I, I see a lot of familiar faces just in case, though, uh, we haven't met. My name is Mike Besson. I am your archdeacon for the Diocese of West Texas. Part of my work in the diocese is working with congregations that are in transition, uh, whose rectors and clergy have moved on to other calls or retired, and so that's my primary reason for being here today, but uh, one of the things I wanted to say to you, I wrestled with this, I wrestled with this, like should I say this to them, I don't know, but I'm going to say it to you anyway. I'm going to tell you right now that if I was, so I've been here four and a half years before coming to the Diocese of West Texas, I served as rector of two congregations in the Diocese of Texas, and I'm going to tell you now that if I was discerning a call away from uh, diocesan staff back to parish ministry, uh, I would probably step out of your search process uh, and ask that I be numbered among the candidates uh, who will interview for your job. You guys are an amazing church. I'm telling you, you are. And, and you need to know that. You, you are. Uh, you know, part, part of what takes a search process uh, longer than others is finding people uh, who want to have conversations with your search committee. But I'll tell you, we are going to have no shortage of people uh, who are going to be interested in talking to you. Uh, you, again, are an amazing group of people. You've got this unique architecture and beautiful grounds. You've got, uh, you do amazing food. I think we're having food later. I hope we are. you got an amazing interim. You've had amazing priests in your past, beautiful music. you got everything going for you. God is blessing you all. And so I hope that you all are planning on coming over to the parish hall after we're done uh, with worship today. We're going to have some food, and then we're going to have some conversations with each other about uh, some important things that will go into your parish profile, uh, which is the document that all the folks who are interested in you are going to be taking a look at that. And so you today are going to have an opportunity to have a voice uh, in, in who the search committee will consider for your next rector. If you think, ah, it's probably not that important, it really is. It really is. So please come and join us in the parish hall. We are going to have uh, a wonderful time together. I want to I wanna tell you about a place in my hometown in Beaumont, Texas, that's been around for about as long as anybody can remember. It usually opens up about this time of the year, goes all the way through to Halloween. It's called the Haunted Hotel. And I will never forget my first experience when I was in college at the Haunted Hotel. When I think about it, it still kind of gives me the creeps. I was, I was there with my fraternity brothers. There's 30 or 40 of us, you know, and there we are on a Friday night. It's really busy on a Friday night. Long line. And, and I'll admit that when, when I was in the line, about from here to the parking lot out there, to the door, I was feeling pretty brave. You know, it's a bunch of guys, a bunch of fraternity brothers, you know, so what are we doing? Some, some of their girlfriends are with us, you know, so we're like, ah, uh, oh, it's not going to be anything. That ain't going to scare me. It's all fake anyway. No big deal. <laughs> They'll probably be scared of me by the time I leave. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Feeling pretty brave until I, I, we moved up in the line and we were like the next group to go in. And I was going to have to hand the guy my ticket 
to walk in, wasn't feeling so brave anymore. Now my fraternity brothers, you know, they're, they're all still doing their thing. I'm reading over the chart of medical conditions that prohibit you from going in. I'm like, surely I fit one of these, right? Because, because I'm wanting to back out, man. I'm wanting, to, I'm wanting to chicken out of this thing, right? Because I don't know, I can hear the screams coming from inside and I don't, like every, every sense of that word, the screams. I could hear a chainsaw. I'm like, what is, what is this thing? What is with the chainsaw and the, and, and, and the screaming? And so I'm thinking, maybe I'm just going to back out of here slowly but surely. But then, I'm, I, but then I had this other thought. I'm like, you know what? When I think about the amount of shame and ridicule that I'm going to endure for the rest of my tenure in college, and I weigh that against the Haunted Hotel, I'm like, you know, I'm going to take my chances and go in. So I handed the guy my ticket, and we went in to a large room, about 25, 30 of us all in this room. They shut the doors, and then this guy comes out, perfectly normal-looking guy. He's not like spooky or anything. comes out, and he says, okay, thank you. Welcome to the Haunted Hotel. And uh, there are three things, three instructions he gave us. Okay, number one, as soon as the doors open up, you walk in. Number two... You can't turn around and go back. Okay? So once you're in, you're in. Number three, you have to keep moving. That's what he said. Just keep moving. Don't stop. No matter what you see, no matter what you experience, you've got to keep moving. Even He said this, even if you're walking towards something that's not exactly pleasant. <laughs> I'm interpreting all that to mean you can check out any time you like. But you can never leave, you know. Then with that, the doors opened. It got very dark, very dark, like hard to see your hand in front of your face. And you can hear the screams getting louder. There's that chainsaw getting closer. You can, you can smell the faint smell of gasoline. And it's a very narrow hallway. Like, I don't think it was much, it was much wider than this space here. And we're kind of feeling our way along. And you don't know what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, without warning, something lights up to your side right here. And just about the time everybody turns to see this thing I will not describe is coming right at you. And just about the time that your mind registers what's coming at you, making this loud noise, the lights go back out and you just keep moving. <laughs> and there are people sobbing, screaming, pushing and then it happens again and again and again. And you're thinking, what a way to spend $25 on a Friday night. And I realized uh, in that moment that something happened while, we're, while we're, we're moving, you know, like this, trying to, that I had reached out and put my hands on the shoulders of the person in front of me. And the person behind me had done the same thing. And it wasn't like an announcement went out, hey, everybody grab onto each other. But it's like we had instinctively wanted to feel that connection to someone else. When we're going down this pathway that is dark, it is scary, we don't know what's behind us to the side, we don't know what's in front, we don't know where the path ends, but we're pretty sure it's going to be chainsaw, dude. 
But it's something how we, we reached out to each other. And I'm not going to bore you with the details about everything that we saw and heard and what ultimately happened at the end when we encountered the chainsaw man. We can talk about that at the profile workshop if you want. But I just, I never forgot that. That we just instinctively wanted to feel a connection to one another so that we could confirm that we were not alone. In fact, I think that's the way that we were able to just keep moving one foot in front of the other. We are not alone. We are connected on this very uncertain, anxiety-provoking, scary, dark, and fearful path. We're not alone. I am, I am grateful to be here today on this Sunday for a lot of reasons, but among them is the fact that when, when, I, when I sent... Uh, Father Phil a text and said, hey, what are the readings? You know, there's a choices today. When I saw it was the reading from Exodus, I'm like, one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible. And this is when the Israelites have come upon the roadblock of all roadblocks. They have been slaves in Egypt for as long as anyone could remember. God delivered them out of slavery. Pharaoh in Egypt and the, 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 whole, the whole nation of Egypt, there were, there were these plagues and well, there were ten plagues and finally, finally Pharaoh relented and said, yes, please, no more plagues, no more disaster, just let him go. And so the Israelites began that exodus through the wilderness. Where are they going? They're going towards the promised land, flowing with milk and honey that God had promised them. I don't know, but they got a little further away and Pharaoh was like, oh, now wait just a minute. If they all leave, who's going to do the work? Like all the laborers are leaving. Gather the army. One of the most powerful armies on the face of the earth at the time. Gather the army. Go back and get the, the Israelites. Bring them back. There's work to do. That's where we are today in the story. Is that the Israelites are on their way. And suddenly they can see the army behind them. And what's in front? Roadblock. The Red Sea. Can't cross it. Can't go back. And they cry out to their leader, Moses. They're crying out to God. Why on earth did God send us out here? Only to be right here where we can't go any further and die out here in the wilderness. You know what? It would have been better if we'd still been slaves in Egypt. At least we'd still be alive. Oh, and I think of the movie Charlton Heston. Right? If you're old enough to remember and God says, Moses, stretch out your arms. Hold your staff, stretch out your arms. And Moses stretched out his arms and the, the sea parted. Walls of water on either side. God was delivering them from the Egyptian army. And whenever I've, I've, I've read this or seen it, I've th I, I, I think, gosh, surely the Israelites, like if it had been us, to the best of our ability, man, as soon as we saw that, we would right through there man not a second thought God is delivering us we'd be singing praises to God the whole way through not a second thought but I'm not so sure that's how it happened I don't remember how it happened in the movie but can you imagine that like you're standing there and all of a sudden the sea parts and there's walls of water. No one had ever seen anything like that before. No one had ever experienced anything like that before. 
Like, I know me well enough to know that if I'd have been at the front of the line, I'd been like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. How much time do we have to pass through? What, it looks muddy. What about, what, what about the mud? How are we going to get through the mud? We've got stuff. We've got our families. We've got things. How, 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 are, we, how are we going to do that? And, and, and wait a minute. Is it just for us? Or I mean, what, what happens when the Egyptians come through? What, what, what's going to happen? Wait, what if we're right in the middle and the people in the back start noticing that the water's starting to rise up to our ankles? Wait, were we not going fast enough? Oh, by the way, I can't quite see what's on the other side. What, what, what's waiting for? What if there's an army waiting for us over there? It was a path that was filled with uncertainty, anxiety, fear, not quite sure what's on the other side. I wonder how they managed to go down that path with two big walls of water on either side. You know, who was it that first said, okay, let's, 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 let's give this a shot? How did they do that? I think we know. It's because the Israelites doubted a lot of things when they were in the wilderness. One thing they could never doubt, God was with them. God put a pillar of cloud by day to symbolize I'm with you. Ball of fire at night, I'm here. They knew, they knew that God was with them. They were connected to God. It must have felt like hands on shoulders. God is here. I think that's the only way that they could have managed to say, well, let's go. And I guess God's going to take care of the army behind us. I don't know. And I'm thinking maybe it might be something that's worth our time to go to the other side. We're going to walk the path because we know that God is with us. God is here. They were not alone which sounds an awful lot like us. It does. Now, I don't mean, I don't know, I don't think any of us are in the regular habit of walking through parted seas. Hey, if you are, please come up here and tell us about it. We wanna, we're not going to do a workshop. We're just going to... But sometimes life, not God, but life, presents us with a path that is filled with uncertainty and fear and darkness and anxiety and worry, can't quite see what's on the other side. Sometimes you and I have a choice to walk the path or not. Sometimes we don't. I have known so many people, my mother and father among them, who went to the doctor for a routine checkup. I'm not feeling so well. just, you know, doing the routine checkup. One thing led to another. And they're on a the path for the cancer hospital. They get news that they're not expecting. It is a path that is filled with anxiety and fear and darkness. Can't quite see what the, what's on the other side. And again, hear me say, I'm not saying that God put them on this path to make them stronger or to you know, teach them a lesson or to forge them you know, like iron. Sometimes it's just life puts us on these paths. Some of you know my story and my family. Four years ago, upon moving to San Antonio, our adopted 16, or now 16-year-old son, when we began to go down a journey, we did not want to go. And I will tell you that over the last four, four and a half years, and I would say this if they were sitting right here, 
we went on a journey that we did not want to go and you talk about anxiety and you talk about darkness and you talk about uncertainty and fear it was the worst of the worst we knew we were going to walk through the valley of the shadow whether we wanted to or not and it was painful thanks be to god our son's life has turned almost completely around but i don't think any of us will ever forget that path we walked I don't think any of us will ever forget, like, early 2020. I was on my first vacation in about three years with my family. Spring break, we went with some friends to Oklahoma, and we were, okay, I'll go ahead and say it. We were sitting at a bar. We're having some burgers, we're having, and we're just kind of catching up, and we're watching the whole world fall apart on TV, and everything shut down. And within about a month, you remember this, right? We couldn't come in here. There were so many things we couldn't do. Everything was uncertain. You know, every day, like during the news, like part of it was, let's talk about the, the number of deaths and let's talk about the number. We remember how the thing that will define our generation. I would not have chosen that path for myself, and I don't think any one of us would have chosen that path. But we couldn't just say, you know what, I ain't going down that road. We were all going to walk that path of fear and darkness and uncertainty how in the world do we do that how do you do it like what keeps us from just curling up in the corner taking the fetal position and say call me or wake me up when it's over it's because of what you and I know and believe God is with us that's part of the reason why we come here by the way it's a good reminder God is with us. God is here. God never leaves us. We literally walk down these paths with God's hands on our shoulder. We are forever connected to our God. Always. God is with us. And you know, I believe that if there is one thing that we are meant to come away with. So if you were to go home and you were to start reading the Bible from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, I don't care what book you're in, I don't care if it's Old Testament, New Testament, Proverbs, Psalms, doesn't matter. I think there is one, one underlying message that we are meant to come away with every time we open the Bible and, and we, do, we read anything at all. I think that the thing that we are supposed to remember is God's promise. I am with you always even to the end of the ages. You and I are never alone. Our Creator, our Savior, our Counselor, our Guide, our Healer, our Reconciler, never leaves us. Never leaves us. God is there. I may have mentioned this. I'm getting old. I don't remember sometimes what I said you know, last time. But my favorite preacher, Stephen Furtick from Elevation Church in North Carolina. He's taken Elevation Worship out on the road. So I think it was like in April. I was in Austin uh, to see him on a Wednesday night. It was like 14,000 people at the Moody Center. Man, we're praising and worshiping. Pastor Stephen preached for like almost an hour. It seemed like 20 minutes. I'm not going to preach for an hour. Don't worry. See, she's looking at me like, wait, did you say he's preaching an hour? No, I'm not. 
One of the things he said at the end of his sermon, though, man, I was like, I don't know how many Episcopal priests there are in the building, but this one is sure feeling convicted. This is what he said. He said, if you and I were to believe without doubt, and I mean without doubt in the same way that we believe without doubt that the sun's going to come up tomorrow. If we believe without doubt in that way, that God is who he says he is, has done what he says he's done, will do what he says he will do, how different would our lives be? Yeah, and I'm standing there like, well, hmm. Might be guilty of not believing that one all the time. God has said, I am with you. I will be with you. In your past, in your present, in your future. This, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we believe without doubt. We remember it. Because to remember and believe that without doubt means that, yes, even when we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we really should fear no evil. Because God is actually leading us towards green pastures and cool waters. If we remember and believe this, then we know that healing is always a part of our journey. Even in death, healing is always waiting for us. To remember and believe that God is with us means, yes, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. It is to remember and to believe that God is here, that God is with us, like hands on our shoulders, always connected. And if we believe this, that regardless of what our path is, good, bad, everything in between, dark, light, anxiety, worry, no matter where we are in life, if we just believe that God is with us, then all things really are possible. In other words, you and I always have hope.